Into the house then came the presumptuous suitors, who straightway took their seats in orderly rows on benches and armchairs. Heralds at once poured over their hands clean water for washing. Bread they were served by the maids, who had heaped it high in the baskets. Young men filled to the brim great wine bowls, ready for drinking. They put forth eager hands to partake of the food lying ready. When they had quite satisfied their appetites, drinking and eating, into the minds of the suitors came other affairs to attend to, singing and joining in dance, since these are adornments of dining. Therefore a herald delivered a beautiful lyre to the hands of Phemius, who by compulsion would sing his tales for the suitors. Straightway he struck up a beautiful song by playing a prelude. Meanwhile, Telemachus spoke of his troubles to bright-eyed Athena, keeping his head near hers so as not to be heard by the others. Stranger and friend, will you blame me for what I am going to tell you? These men turn their attention to such things, harping and singing lightly, because they consume without payment the goods of another, one whose glistening bones are now somewhere rained on and rotting, lying upon the firm earth, or else rolled by the billowing sea brine. Should they ever behold him return to his Ithacan homeland, all of them then would pray to be far more nimble in running rather than richer in gold or in clothing or other possessions. But as it is, he has died by a terrible death, and there is no comfort remaining for us, even if some earth-dwelling man should say he will yet come back. Quite lost is his day of returning. But come now, tell me this, and recount it exactly and fully. Who are you? Whence do you come? What city is yours, and what parents? Then upon what sort of ship did you come here? How did the sailors bring you to Ithaca? What did they claim as their names and their nation? For it was certainly not on foot, I suppose, that you came here. Truthfully, speak to me now about these things, so that I know well whether indeed you arrive for the first time or are an old-time friend of the family, since there were numerous men who would come here, others when he was among men too still coming and going. Speaking to him made answer the goddess bright-eyed Athena, These things I will indeed now tell you exactly and fully. It is my boast to be Mentes, sagacious Anchialus offspring. I rule over the Taphian folk, those lovers of rowing, just now I have put in for a call with my ship and my comrades, sailing the wine-dark sea toward peoples of alien language, carrying lustrous iron to trade for Tamasian copper. Out by the fields my galley is anchored, away from the city, inside the harbor of Raythron, beneath dark-forested Neon. We can indeed make claim to be family friends of each other long since, if you would now go question the elderly hero, Lord Laertes. No longer, they say, he comes to the city, but far out in the fields he suffers affliction with only one old woman attendant who places the drink and the victuals next to him when the exhaustion of labor has taken his limbs as he creeps over the ridge of his orchard planted with grapevines. I have come now, for they said he really was back in the country, your dear father. But always the gods block him from his pathway. Since nowhere on the earth can the noble Odysseus have perished, 
but he is somewhere alive still, and kept in the midst of the broad sea, off in a tide-washed isle, where cruel and harsh men hold him, savages who somehow, though he is unwilling, have kept him. But now I will deliver a prophecy, as the immortals send it into my mind, and I think this will be accomplished, though I am no soothsayer, nor skilled at interpreting bird flights. No very long time now will he yet be away from his own dear fatherland, even if he should be bound in fetters of iron. He will contrive his return, since he is so full of devices. But come now, tell me this, and recount it exactly and fully, whether, as big as you are, you can be the own child of Odysseus. Marvelously in your head and your beautiful eyes you resemble that man, since very often we visited, each with the other. That was before he parted for Troy, when also the other Argive nobles and kings went away in their hollow galleys. Since then, neither have I had sight of Odysseus, nor he me. Thoughtful Telemachus then spoke out to her, giving an answer. These things, stranger and friend, I will tell you exactly and fully. Yes, my mother has told me that I am his son, but in fact I do not know, for a person can never be sure of his father. How I wish now that I were the fortunate son of a man whom old age came upon dwelling contented amidst his possessions. But as it is, he was born to be most unlucky of mortals. His they say I was born, since you are inquiring about it. Speaking to him made answer the goddess bright-eyed Athena, Yours is a race that the gods, for the men of the future, have not made nameless, seeing Penelope bore you to be of such metal. But come now, tell me this, and recount it exactly and fully. What is the feast, this throng that you have here? Why do you need it? Wedding or festival? Since it is no shared communal dinner? Such unabashed arrogance, I see. How rudely they strut it! feasting around this palace. A man would feel indignation, seeing so much that is shameless, whoever discreet came among them. Thoughtful Telemachus then spoke out to her, giving an answer. Friend, as about these things you are asking and making inquiry, there was a time this house would have been both wealthy and faultless, during the years that man still dwelt in the land with his people. Now have the gods' wills changed. Now they are devising us evil. Him they have made disappear without trace, in a way never any other man did. Since though he was dead, I would not so much mourn him. If among comrades he was brought down in the land of the Trojans, or in the arms of his friends, after he had wound up the warfare. Then would a funeral mound have been heaped by all the Achaeans, so also for his son had he won great fame for the future. But ingloriously he has been snatched up by the storm winds, taken away, out of sight, out of mind, and he left to me only sorrows and wailing, nor yet are my mourning and lamentation only for him, for on me have the gods wrought other afflictions. All of the high-born chieftains who lorded over the islands, over Dulichian, Same, and also wooded Zakynthos, those men too who in rock-strewn Ithaca govern the people. All these seek my mother in marriage and wear out the household. 
She will neither reject this odious marriage, nor can she make herself carry it through. Meanwhile, they eat and destroy this household of mine, and indeed they will soon put me to the slaughter. Letting her wrath break out, thus Pallas Athena addressed him. Oh, what a shame! How great is the need you have of Odysseus, now far away, who could lay his hands on these insolent suitors. If he could come this moment and take his stand in the outside doorway, bringing along two spears with a shield and a helmet, such as he was at the time when first I made his acquaintance, when in my family's house he was drinking and taking his pleasure, as he returned from Ephira, from Ilos, Marmorous Sion. For to that land in a swift sailing galley Odysseus had traveled, trying to get a man-killing elixir, that he might anoint his bronze-tipped arrows with it. But to him King Ilos would not give any of it, for he dreaded the wrath of the gods who live always. But my father did give it to him, so sorely he loved him. Would that Odysseus in such a condition could mix with the suitors, then they all would become quick-dying and bitterly married. Nevertheless, on the knees of the gods these matters are resting, whether he is or is not to return and exact a requital here in his house. As for you, I urge you to ponder the problem, how you will finally drive these suitors away from the palace. Come now, listen to what I say, take heed of my counsel. Early tomorrow convoke to assembly the hero Achaeans, say your word to them all, with the gods themselves to be witness. Lay your command on the suitors to scatter and go to their places. But for your mother, if now her heart should urge her to marry, let her return to the house of her wealthy and powerful father. They will make ready the marriage, arranging the gifts for her dowry, many and rich, as are fitting to go with a much-loved daughter. You yourself, I will offer some crafty advice, if you trust me. Fit out a galley, the one that is strongest, with twenty good oarsmen. Set forth then to inquire of your father, who long has been absent. If someone among mortals can tell you, or if you can hear some rumor from Zeus, which best bears fame and report among mankind, first then voyage to Pylos and question illustrious Nestor. Thence go onward to Sparta to see light-haired Menelaus. He was the last to return out of all of the bronze-clad Achaeans. If you hear that your father, in fact, is alive and returning, though you are quite worn out, you should bear it yet one year longer. If, however, you hear he has died and no longer is living, straightway, when you return to the much-loved land of your fathers, heap a memorial mound and provide him funeral honors, many and rich, as is fitting, and get your mother a husband. Finally, when these things you have done to the end and accomplished, then indeed you should lay down schemes in your mind and your spirit by what means right here in your house you will slaughter the suitors. Either by treacherous guile or by open attack, you should not be practicing childishness since you are no longer of that age. Have you not heard what fame was acquired by noble Orestes throughout all of mankind when he slaughtered the father-destroyer, subtle and scheming Agisthus, who killed his glorious father? You too, friend, for I see you sufficiently handsome and grown up. Be bold now, so that those born later may speak of you fitly.
As for myself now, I will return to my swift sailing galley and to my comrades, who I suppose are impatiently waiting. You take care for yourself and be mindful of what I have told you. Thoughtful Telemachus then spoke out to her, giving an answer. Friend, it is plain you speak of these matters with kindly intention, as to a son his father, and I will never forget them. But come now, stay a while, though eager to get on your journey. So, after taking a bath, and allowing your spirit some pleasure, you can return to your ship with a present, rejoicing in spirit, something of worth and great beauty. For you it will serve as a keepsake out of my hand, such a token as hosts give guests that they care for. Speaking to him then answered the goddess, bright-eyed Athena, Now no longer detain me, as keen as I am for the journey, as for the gift your courteous heart might bid you to give me. When I return through here, then give me a present to take home, choosing a very fine one. It will bring an exchange to be valued. So having spoken, departed the goddess, bright-eyed Athena. She flew up and away like a bird, but she put in his spirit confident purpose and courage, and made him think of his father more than before he had done. In his mind he noticed the changes, wondering deep in his heart, for a god it was, he suspected. Straightway then did the godlike man go back to the suitors.